0: This is Pucks and Bolts with Casey Hudson.
1: What's up, hockey fans? Welcome to Pucks and Bolts, an Odyssey original podcast analyzing the Tampa Bay Lightning in their quest to further cement this team as a dynasty and Tampa Bay as a hockey town. Pucks and Bolts will bring you in-depth insight of games and practices and storylines of your favorite players and coaches multiple times a week. So download the Odyssey app, search Pucks and Bolts, and stay up to date on all things Tampa Bay Lightning. I'm your host, Casey Hudson, joined again by Henry Yoho. Henry, what's going on?
0: Hey, Casey, thanks for having me. Uh, you know, just uh, watching the playoff hockey, of course, every night, so right, exciting time.
1: Last time we talked, we were sitting here going over everything, heading into round one of playoffs, the whole conversation of Tampa Bay, whole conversation of Toronto. How surprised were you on a scale of one to ten of how how the season ended, what the ending became for the Tampa Bay Lightning.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it was, um, you know, ultimately it was probably a disappointment. I think Julian Breezewell said it best anytime that you're expecting to win the whole thing and you don't do it, you know, it's obviously a disappointment, especially when you go out in round one. But, you know, I, I found it pretty surprising. It seemed to be the opposite of last year's series, where last year it seemed like Toronto was the better team for a lot of the series and the Lightning came out on top. And this year, it kind of seemed the opposite where the lightning were better for a lot of the stretches of the series, but ultimately didn't, you know, get those breaks along the way and and ended up going out in round one. So I I just it was just surprising how it almost seemed the exact opposite uh, of last year's series. Um, You know, I don't know if, if you felt kind of similarly. I feel like that's kind of the way a lot of people felt it was just opposite day, seemingly from last year.
1: No, I think that's probably the best way to describe it. And probably why it stings, I think, a little bit mm-hmm. more um, with it being such a role reversal situation. But what I'm excited to talk to you about is like, I'm I'm seeing all these things on Twitter. I'm reading so many articles after that round one exit. And there's just a couple perspectives that I need some clarity on because I feel like I'm still in mourning over the season ending so early. Yeah. But, Yes, there were a lot of similarities, especially with how you mentioned, like, you know, the better, like, how the stretches that the Lightning had playing better hockey and not coming out with that W. But somebody even had the nerve to kind of write an article saying that the Maple Leafs were out for checking the Lightning and doing, you know, better management in the defensive zone than the Lightning. And we know that face offs has obviously been a thing, but did you really think that the Toronto Maple Leafs stacked that high? um and deserve that much credit in outplaying the lightning
0: yeah um yeah no i think that there were definitely like some smaller aspects of the game that i think toronto probably did better but mm-hmm. overall I, I still think that the lightning probably had the better of the play for the most part but i think toronto did a better job of getting more uh bodies in in front of the net you know that was a big thing with vasilevsky those those high shots from out in the blue line having so many uh, bodies in the way and making those shots so hard to see all the deflections and stuff that got in the way. And I think that they defended – the Toronto defended the front of their net uh, better than the Lightning did because they weren't getting any of the point shots through. Uh, you know, I thought in game six, the, the final goal that ended up being the final goal of the season, the Stamkos rebound from the Darren Radish shot from out high, I think that was like the only shot of the whole series where that they – or not of the whole series, of that whole game that they got through from the blue line cleanly without getting blocked anything. I, that was just the difference to me is I felt like Toronto did a better job of defending their, the front of their own net better and uh, getting in front of Vasilevsky. Uh, I thought that made the biggest difference to me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I couldn't agree more with that statement. Um, and then of course, when it comes to the, the small details of the game, things that you kind of have to be more consistent in with tight matchups. I think you were probably one of the only people I saw tweeting about it the most, but their face off um yeah. success or lack thereof or inconsistency how much do you think that could have changed the the game or maybe changed some outcome of the series
0: yeah i i, I think it it could have definitely changed things I, I felt like toronto scored a bunch of their goals directly off of offensive zone face-offs you know the biggest one i guess two came in game four i guess it was the uh the tying or it might have been game three i can't remember they call it kind of it was
1: game two. is it Tavares?
0: Yeah, like there was the one, the overtime winner that they got in game four. Yeah. It might have been three. They all, the <laughs> overtime winners, since they won it overtime, but they were coming directly off faceoffs and like shots from the blue line. And I thought that was making a huge difference. And that was kind of the thing was it's Toronto's it like rolling like three centers, like real deep, real high end centers Matthews, Tavares, O'Reilly. Like uh, you probably won't find a better trio of, of center icemen. And Mm -hmm. I I thought that the faceoffs were making a big difference in the series just because Toronto was getting a lot of success from winning draws in their offensive zone and creating the offense directly from it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's something that they were fairly consistent with. And what's funny, because last year in this series matchup, Toronto won in the face-off circle every single game. And yet it still somehow swung in favor of the Tampa Bay Lightning. That's where that whole rule reversal brings a lot of question marks. But of course, another topic of conversation after round one closed up was a lot of praise for what the Toronto Maple Leafs did at the trade deadline. Um, Mm -hmm. Obviously, anybody that tracks hockey enough knows the impact that Ryan O'Reilly has on any team, Uh, the leadership that he brings into the locker room, regardless of the vets among him. Um, Do you think that that's something that's probably weighing on the lightning a little bit? They tried, some media members tried to kind of get that answer after the game. Of course, timing is everything. And Julian Bruce, kind of still kind of skirted around that in the exit press conference. Um, Do you think that's something that's probably a lingering wound at this point?
0: Yeah, for sure, because I think that the trade deadline uh, acquisitions that Toronto made were—they've all been dynamite for them. Like bringing on O'Reilly, like you mentioned, was huge, um, and and Luke Shen as well. Two guys yeah. who've who've won championships in the past for this group of these forwards, who's had a, a, the main like group that they've had they've had a lot of trauma in the playoffs, a lot of things not going their way. And having two guys like that who have kind of been through it and say, like, you know, we're all we're all right. You know, I thought that made a huge difference for them. And yeah. they were able to make more additions because they had more assets at hand than the Lightning did. Their hands were a bit more tied and the Lightning weren't able to make as big of a moves as they were able to make. And um, I can't say enough about the acquisitions that they made. It, I think it was a huge difference maker.
1: Yeah, and probably kind of a breath of fresh air. Sometimes teams that find themselves in this stalemate of success and they can't really get to that next level or next chapter, those fresh perspectives help a lot. Um, And you're right to bring up Luke Shin. I mean, to be a part of a championship-caliber team, we know that the motto of the Lightning to stay even, kill, not get too high, not get too low. Uh, A lot of these players that developed with the Tampa Bay Lightning know how to kind of continue to bring that kind of um, success and, and mindset into new locker rooms with them. With that said, um, even though the Bolts didn't really do anything major at the trade deadline, obviously, the biggest conversation was around Tanner Janot, and unfortunately, when the Lightning exited round one in game six, there was a lot of tweets uh, kind of chirping about the fact that Janot was this mistake. He wasn't able to be a large role in, in the first round, which I kind of have some opposing opinions to that, and then a lot of people are kind of taking that line switch up with Mikey A. getting tapped in and Jano you know, getting scratched as like uh, they don't have, this organization doesn't have faith in Jano. Do you still yeah. think that was kind of a a steep move for a guy like Tanner Jano? And do you think that you know we didn't see enough out of him to make the move that was made?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, no, it was the way things ended. It it certainly made the trade not look great at this mm-hmm. point in time. But, you know, you know it's easy to say that now in hindsight. But, of course, people thought it was a steep price then, and it obviously was. And I think that everyone would agree that it was probably an overpayment. But in order to get what you want, to to really go for it, sometimes you're going to have to overpay. And it was unfortunate that Jeno ended up getting hurt towards the end of the regular season. Um, in the playoffs, I don't think he was able to be as effective as he would have liked to have been. It just mm-hmm. didn't seem as mobile as, as, as he was expected to be. And Acemont became a preferred option over him. Just because I, Janot is just banged up. I think Isma had better legs and was more effective in that moment. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I'm not ready to declare it a, a total loss at this point. Just because I think if the Lightning are able to re-sign uh, Jano now to a... I, th- I think he's in line for a pretty team-friendly value. And I think if they're able to do that and he's able to have an impact down the road, I think that they can certainly salvage some value. But I can understand people not having a very optimistic look at it At this point because so far you haven't really been able to see really any sort of uh, benefits from it so far yeah
1: and i like how open-minded you are about that you can understand where some of the panic comes from from fans and of course you know we're all feeling something that we haven't felt in three four years time so it's going to cut a little deeper but you make a great point to say that you know Tanner Janot could have this this contract restructure or he can come in at a lower price um, when they start Mm -hmm. having those conversations this summer. But I can't get out of my head the fact that Coach Cooper, and he's said this amongst like three or four different new edition interviews, that it takes a guy about 10 games, you know, to get situated. So the timing of everything, I feel, I personally feel like we started to see some good out of Tanner Juneau. He's not just a a physical presence on the ice. While that's a huge benefit to this Lightning roster, um, I think that we did see him create some momentum swings and help contribute to generating an offense. And I think that that would have picked up if he was on the healthier side of things. Do you feel like you saw enough out of Tanner Juneau to think that he's going to be an asset?
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I, I think that right before he got hurt, in that game against the Islanders. Like he had scored um, maybe a game or two before that, his first goal with the lightning, I thought that things were really starting to trend up, trend upwards with him. And uh, I was really liking where his game was at then. And so it was just really unfortunate that the injury kind of disturbed all the momentum that they had going. But I think with a whole season under his belt, um, you know, next year, a whole training camp with this group and everything, I think that he can certainly be uh, a lot more effective and his next contracts can be pretty interesting. Uh, because I, I think that he'll be in line to have a pretty good value for this team going forward.
1: Right. And uh, speaking of other new additions, when we saw that Mikey A. C. Montt was getting the draw in and he made an immediate impact um, playing with Ross Colton and Nick Paul. Now I'll say this: since the minute that he hit the ice with the team, before he kind of started getting laid off and scratched, I saw a lot of great things out of Mikey A obviously in his, um, his onboarding, if you would call it that, press conference. He said that he has speed that can be utilized in this roster and beneficial to this team. I think that having that option of Mikey A. Simon's speed, I think one of my other favorite things about him is that he's not the kind of guy who's taking that extra pass or overthinking the shot, and I think this team kind of needs that as a motivator. Um, And then what just kind of backs that up is that he gets that goal on Samsonoff and he tells the press conference after, you know, I've been working on this. Um, Samsonoff's a hard goalie to go against. Sometimes you just got to take that shot and get crafty. What do you think you're going to see out of Mikey Acemott in this system?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I liked I liked what I saw from him in playoffs. Um, I thought whenever he came in in game five, it was a big boost of energy. I thought that he was moving around well. he he skates well. He's, I think that, uh, I've, you know, a lot of people like his, his analytics, you know, his, his game kind of trends in the right direction. He's, he's hasn't been a great like finisher so far mm-hmm. at the NHL level to see a lot of like the points and stuff back up sort of what a lot of people believe in him, but I, I I've liked uh, what I've seen so far. And I think that, you know, as a unrestricted free agent, I don't think that he's going to be in line for, for a whole lot of money this year. Mm-hmm. So I think that the lightning again, will probably find good value in, um, in, in him, in addition to Jano. So I, I liked what I saw. And I think that he's definitely got a future here for sure.